0: I'm so glad that the American troubles aren't exclusively confined to the United States.
1: Yeah. It's nice to see that even Canada is having a day.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been this weird, farcical combination of, like, March on Rome, except if the king never let the marchers into the United states. Um, J6, and but there's less support for the J6ers,
1: much less. And the cops actually do something.
0: To some degree. The cops are split on the matter, um, but they're doing more than they were doing previously, and before um and then also the last sort of a farcical invitation that you know this event is paralleling is like the maiden events that happened in ukraine
1: yeah and it's just like uh, and there's like some great stuff uh it could happen here about what's going down um specifically like the short version is you know it's these guys seem to mostly be kind of some astroturf far right bullshit um
0: yeah i mean like there have been there have been cases that have been noticed of people who are at j6 have also been at this ongoing event in ottawa
1: yeah like the american far
0: right and the canadian far right are incredibly cross-pollinated with each other
1: Oh, yeah, like, Fucker Carlson is, like, talking it up, like, touting. And, of course, went straight to, And then we will starve the cities.
0: I, I see, uh... Pretty
1: much immediately.
0: I, I see, uh, you know, uh, Fucker Carlson is going for pull pot thought here.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just so Hunger Plan. Like, they're not even caring anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's actually, I remember, um, very very early on in the you know what could it could happen here podcast where like that would like that was something that was explicitly talked about of what could happen of like rural areas trying to starve cities which i'm doubtful that you know like with the way things are nowadays that's the possibility but it's we're not at the point where the far right is started thinking started to think of trying that
1: yeah and well and it's also like but what's so re- kind of weirdly relieving about it is for you know the past couple of years there's just seems to have been this sort of like inverse american exceptionalism where like instead of like the usual bullshit of america's the exceptional nation and blah 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 instead it's like wow america's like the exceptionally shit nation um and just exceptionally incapable um and it and just like coming up all the way into like shit like j6 so it's kind of like almost relieving to be like oh okay canada's also having a time it's not just us (laughs) like this material conditions thing still like matters
0: yeah i mean like The United States is not separated from the rest of the world. Like, the troubles that can happen here can happen, you know, in many other parts of the world. So, you know, it's the United States is not the part is not the unique uh, hell zone at this period of time, which as Doc was saying is a bit of a relief.
1: By the way, I'm Doc Spider. And with me today is it's
0: me, Holly
1: and to you know welcome to chop shop economics reading this shit so you don't have to and we'll be getting into a thing you know we've always promised we wouldn't touch which is the fucking stock market
0: yeah i know i know it's kind of shocking to hear but bear with us
1: like as anyone who's listened to this show can tell you, we like swear up and down that the stock market is like the least useful thing for evaluating the US economy or any economy really.
0: Yeah, and usually it's that case. But we are dealing with a new factor here that kind of changes our calcul well, it doesn't change our calculations, but it's a factor that has finally arriving, aka we're finally going into the period of uh, quantitative tightening again.
1: Well, and like, it's something that's kind of fit within our model. Cause we have said before that the best way to handle the stock market is a, a lagging indicator. So like, you know, if the stocks are doing something, it's, you know, the tail that's following the dog. So, you know, we have been maintaining for, you know, really since like march 2020 that the dog shit state of the real economy has not fundamentally changed so meaningful recovery is just not possible and now hi that is finally reaching the incredibly insulated stock market yeah like and it's starting to finally show up
0: yeah, I mean, we are approaching what could be the, you know, everything bubble popping, which is going to have, like, disruptive effects on our economy. And it's not like, uh, it's not like there's some, uh, evil mustachioed villains in the corner somewhere who thought, ah, yes, this will be the way that I destroy the world. It's more specifically, and this is something that, like, Doc and I were talking about earlier. And by the way, it's me, Holly, um... One of the things that Doc and I were talking about earlier is that like we're what we're likely seeing from a lot of central banks, including the Federal Reserve, is that like this uh, transition into quantitative tightening is the least bad option out of very bad options. And this not to say that you know this quantity, quantitative quantitative tightening is a good thing. Like it's gonna fuck over a lot of people, but like it just shows
1: we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah we are um the we'll definitely get into that a lot more um and it's we want to point out before we get in and before we shamelessly plug our patreon in just a second that what is happening in financial markets in the stock market and in some other speculative markets like crypto we told you so just putting it out there on behalf of all of hashtag no We called it deal. Maybe it's time to get the fuck out if you're not underwater yet. But, uh, that and just the stock meltdown has been unfolding over the past, like two months or so. Like this is something that's been already starting to like shake loose so it's like we want to be clear on that because it's important for when we get into the whole like ending of quantitative easing because there's a lot of folks out there who are saying it's some kind of new Volker shock and we'll get into why we disagree with that but yeah oh and by the way if you like the show and uh, you want to support our work give us the resources to do even more get access to some of our specials and early release to the podcast uh throw in five bucks at patreon.com slash chop shop economics you get all those benefits and more as well as access to our discord So yeah, the beginning of this whole shit show goes back to the end of November when crypto just actively started shitting bricks all over the place. Like, and when I'm saying shitting bricks, I'm talking like literally. Like, it's been estimated that a couple trillion dollars at this point have been lost in all of the crypto crashes, like the Bitcoin route that like has seen Bitcoin now drop to like something like its lowest price in, in like a couple of years and like wiped out all of the gains of the last the last like two years has been estimated to like wipe out something like a trillion dollars all by itself. Of like, you know, bullshit money that doesn't really exist, but you know think about that that's like a trillion with a t dollars that's like just vanished in smoke and we know as has been reported on this podcast that there are some banks like bank of new york Mellon who got in on this game
0: yeah and part of the reason why they got into this game initially because like with the state that our economy has been in like there's not a lot of places to invest capital into that are as successful at gaining profits as much as they were in the past like bitcoin and other cr- cryptocurrencies like investing into that seeing these big institutions investing into that you know as we've repeatedly talked about has been a sign of desperation on their part and
1: like desperation mixed with the fact that these fuckers are addicted to the rush at this point like i'm fairly sure that like i feel confident even though i'm totally not qualified to make this determination in any medical way in saying that these fuckers are acting like gambling addicts
0: oh a hundred percent i mean like if you look at the social dynamics within the crypto community it's very cult-like
1: oh yeah and this is like not just them but also like the banks on wall street that they've all like like always are out to get their next fix and that happened to be fucking climate change beanie babies
0: yeah and predictably those client those climate change beanie babies have caused a one trillion dollar loss
1: and that's just bitcoin like all the other big ones like ethereum and like fucking dogecoin and like ah, fuck this bullshit they have goddamn meme coins it's just you can't even riff it it it's just so dumb yeah (laughs) like so transparently this is a goddamn grift i have the word grift tattooed on my forehead in the totally spiky tribal style come on
0: yeah yeah it's a a hundred percent this like big gift and it's funny to be because when you're dealing with cryptocurrency like because you have like what they call smart contracts, which I wouldn't necessarily call smart contracts. It's more of the case of a <laughs> it's a contract that like you can basically hack into and basically legally steal from the person as long as you fit completely within the like the logic of like the so called smart contracts.
1: And it has to be said that there has not been a week that has gone by where there was not at least one story of a major crypto fraud or theft or, like, exchanges just walking away with piles of money. Like, this, is, this isn't this is shit that's, like, you have to be in the know. This was, like, almost, like, and for the last couple months has been, like... Leading up to the beginning of this whole crypto meltdown, it almost became a daily occurrence of, like, oh, another, like, fucking $300 million just disappeared. Um, Oh, an exchange melted down because the dude in charge died and didn't set aside, like proper like chain of succession for the codes
0: and honestly i feel like that's like, been a stupid shit yeah, like completely ridiculous like i feel like that's been like a big part of why we've been seeing this major loss ongoing within the crypto market because like a lot of people a lot of people are seeing that like it's so easy for their money to get stolen and They want to minimize the chance of that. I mean, sure, if you were to talk to some of these people, they would probably say all the the various uh, phrases within the crypto community saying, like, oh, no, that's not actually what they're doing. But they're not going to say that out loud, like, because they would get, like, piled on by other crypto people.
1: Like, this is literally we're watching the crypto bros who have kind of been in the know are running for the door while assuring everybody else that the building is not on fire and they're just going for smokes. Promise. <laughs> Pay no attention to the pace of my movements. <gasps> That's not your problem.
0: <laughs> I- I'm sure they'll come back. Really? Really? really just uh you know wait uh you know maybe several hours a day a month a decade
1: you know it'll be the here time gets
0: longer and longer
1: you know this is robot nixon going out for smokes it's totally cool <gasps> nothing to worry about <laughs> oh, so yeah this kind of means that shit is like been melting down here and because this is like the new brave frontier for finance and wall street and like the fed has even been toying with making like a u.s coin like that's starting to like get some purchase with central banks which is just this really like honestly feels kind of fucking pointless but except to waste lots of computers and drive up emissions you know climate accelerationism maybe uh
0: yeah, I mean, like, if you could do, like, central bank currencies without the sort of software logics built into it that require, like, ever-increasing amounts of energy, then, sure, it could be a great idea for, like, our current yes. situation. But the issue Maybe. is that if you have an ever-increasing requirement for energy, then uh, any sort of gains that we get from... Tr- the current transition to renewable power are just going to be completely sucked away into crypto
1: and this by the way has been documented like as of the end of 2021 all of the emissions of the crypto sector i really hope you can hear the air quotes like i am absolutely doing air quotes for this bullshit um it was estimated to have produced enough emissions to completely wipe out the increase of electric vehicles in the same timeframe that the emissions that would have been saved. And like, there was even this, like one time we talked about like literally like a coal plant being converted into a fucking miner.
0: And like, that's the thing. I wasn't like the only coal plant that got converted. Like there were, there have been multiple coal plants that have got converted into this, shitty
1: idea oh yeah and so this is really like seeing this shit melt down is you know what i know the last time we busted that out was for trump getting covid but this i think it's worth it this time
0: yeah, yeah, it definitely feels worth it.
1: S-s- fuck these guys. Seriously, this is just the most, like... Crypto is just so fucking gross. But that it's melting down in this way is really not something that I bet anyone, like, Bank of New York Melon! And, oh, wait... Uh, Citibank prepared a position paper on the benefits of going into fucking crypto like there's some big players that probably lost money that they I don't think they could afford to lose
0: yeah I mean it's it's very likely like, that it took out a you know if you were to imagine it share it took out you know one of the like bottom like legs of the chair and uh we're either at the we're either at the three leg mark or the two leg mark and if we're at the two leg mark then i mean it would look like the market is starting to crash and fall apart which uh wait actually doc what what have we been noticing elsewhere
1: oh yeah this is where it gets fun oh yeah but like this by the way is why we say finance is a lagging indicator and the fucking stock markets are definitely a lagging indicator is we've been seeing some real like gonna call it some serious whinging coming out of finance in the past month like as of uh January 31st, 2022, the Wall Street Journal reported that the month of January was the worst month on the Standard & Poor's exchange since March 2020. Full stop. And if you look at the numbers for the past month of not just the American exchanges, but also the European exchanges, and to a lesser extent some of the Pacific Rim ones, things have been looking pretty bad. Like, there's been a lot of just serious eating of shit across the board. Like, Jeff Bezos and company actually lost money. Like, definable, noticeable money that, like, people can see
0: yeah like this might actually be a great opportunity to um do you want to talk about the p first or do you want to get into meta
1: oh uh, it's like you know the snp is plenty fun all by itself like because the snp is you know we got to point out like standard and pours and you know the dow industrial average are two things that are Not necessarily the best measures of the economy. Like we've said it on here pretty regularly. And the reason for that is because they have a somewhat selective membership. Like you have to be of a certain market cap. And if you're not performing well enough, you get dropped and replaced by someone else who is. And, you know, if you're measuring an economy with only 500 companies, that is... Significantly larger than when that was relevant. You know. You're going to kind of run into some serious problems. So. Normally. What's happening on the SNP. Really doesn't matter very much. For our purposes. Or anyone else's concerns. Um, Especially because. You know. As per CNBC. Something like. of all money on the stock exchanges generally in the U S it comes from around like 10% of the population. So like it is extreme. We're extremely talking rich people vibes here. So normally, whatever, we don't talk about shit like the standard and poor because it's rich people vibes. They don't fucking matter except right now. Like, now they do matter because all the rich people vibes are eating shit.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, it's been the worst month for the S&P since March 2020. And for anybody who... It's been a while for that period of time. Like, the... the stock market in march 2020 was having a literal panic attack
1: like that was like our third episode if you want to like go way back in time and listen to us like cackling with glee yeah like those were times
0: (laughs) god those were times But yeah and I mean like if we want to like you, if we want to expand on elaborate upon the, a thesis that we're trying to convey, like one of the things that you usually see before a big market crash is a lot of volati- vol, a lot of volatility in the markets. And we might actually want to like you know rewind back to um, when was it precisely? I would say the 2000s dot com crash, where a lot of tech companies, you know, basically hit the ground very, very, very hard. And it was one of those periods in recent history where, like, tech companies really bit it. So one of the things that we've been noticing in recent days is that tech stocks have gotten incredibly volatile. and that amount of volatility shows that there's this growing weakness within like the tech company trading market right now
1: and also just generally within stocks because like to wind it way back like looking at the lead up to the original crash of 1929 which by the way in our thesis we're already past that point we're approaching the part where the rebound after 1929 lost steam and died but to refresh everybody's memory a lot of the same shit was happening on the dow back in like september 29 up until black monday when everything just fucking died um because you did see a, like a lot of what was basically investors dumping stocks in one thing to jump on the next thing and get out of a bad position by getting into another position and basically playing like musical chairs with like a can of gasoline and a match.
0: (laughs) And of course, inevitably a major fire started.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm done with this chair. I'm going to light it on fire. Cause fuck it. I'm done with it. That's the only way I'm going to realize its value. And also by the by, um, this ties back in nicely with the crypto bullshit. Um, just like, I think it was like a week or two before um, the uh, New York markets crashed, the London stock market just completely ate shit because of massive levels of white collar fraud that had just become endemic within the stock market to the point that they just had to like throw the switch. So, you know, This whole, you know, fraud and stupid-ass speculation (laughs) mixed with people, like, playing, like, flammable musical chairs. This isn't new.
0: Yeah, you know, to quote part of the Torah, there's nothing new under the sun.
1: Yep. Like, these, this is how it's all going down is they know they're kind of done. So the smart money is running for the door before the dumb money realizes that everything's on fire. So, which we should probably
0: break into the Pacific. You know, doc, who was it that, you know, allegedly got their eye scratched recently. Allegedly.
1: Oh oh, yeah. Wasn't that like, (sighs) His name rhymes with Fuckerberg, I think. Is that it?
0: Yeah, you know, good old Zuckerberg was crying his eyes out during, uh, was it a company meeting or a stockholder meeting?
1: Yeah, it was like an all-hands company meeting, I think. Like, Fuckerberg straight up being like, um, shit. Why? Because... Meta, formerly known as Facebook, has achieved the single largest one-day drop in value of any stock in history.
0: Honestly, it's rather remarkable to see just the amount of money that was shot into orbit just for the sake of building a second-rate Second life that nobody wants to use. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like for the first time in a long ass time, the stock market is responding to how products actually work. And when this is really fucking dumb. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, it's not that often that you see exchange value and use value being much more tightly co- like correlated like we're seeing with uh, Facebook right now.
1: Yeah. Like, this is just such a... Like, it cannot be understated how much of a face plant this is. Like, it is just sort of a beautiful thing to behold. And Like, a day later, Amazon had their largest boom, not just their largest, the largest single-day increase for a stock price in history.
0: What is that voice saying in the background? Uh, Let me think. Oh, volatility doesn't just go down, it also goes up? Huh. Because
1: that's everybody going, huh, looks like Facebook's dumb money. Jeff Bezos appears to be smart money,
0: but yeah, it's actually really interesting to sort of like look at what's happening with Facebook right now. Or the company formerly known as Facebook is uh, Peter Thiel recently stepped down from his position on the ex- on the board for Facebook. <laughs>
1: That would be known as Peter Thiel going, yep, I can see how this story's going to end. I'm out, gents. It's been real. (laughs) (gasps) Says Peter Thiel, probably.
0: Oh, fucking God. Like,
1: I I just, like, I'm almost, like, imagining how the conversation would have gone. It's just, like, that's probably (laughs) why... (laughs) He had to put on his sunglasses during the all-hands meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Like, probably why? Because he, Peter Thiel, let's be honest, is a fucking dick.
0: He's not just a dick, he's a vampire.
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, I totally would expect him to be just an absolute raging prick about the whole thing. Like... I'd feel for Fuckerberg if, you know, he, you know, wasn't him.
0: It's like, honestly, one of the things I'm like really intrigued to see is that, like, we're seeing a lot of this, like, volatility in the, like, tech market right now. And it's interesting to think that, you know, the long predicted tech crash is finally, you know, approaching our way. I mean, this has been something that's been speculated on for, like, years and years and years long before chop chop economics was a twinkle in any of our eyes like i remember we were like pundits repeatedly predicting it
1: oh yeah like this is everyone's been waiting with bated breath for the second tech crash to happen so once this starts to look like it's got some serious legs yeah it, it is, like, safe to assume that shit will melt down fairly quickly. And, like, right now, you know, Amazon's gain is definitely Facebook's, at Facebook's expense. But that doesn't mean that this is sustaining good news yeah. for Amazon or anybody else in the tech sector
0: yeah exactly and it's been sort of like one of those maxims in the in like the financial world that like you know maybe other parts of like these other companies have not been doing well but tech stocks apparently always do well you always invest in tech stocks like when you see the market as a whole go down you usually see tech stocks rising up but if the if Tech, if tech companies go through like a crash then there's like one uh this like set of balloons that once was uh keeping the current economic crisis from being so bad could intensify a lot more
1: oh yeah like this is the beginning of uh, the tech industry i mean i wouldn't go so far as to say this is like you know the beginning of the tech industry like exploding god i wish but this is definitely oh that'd be so fucking hot um like i would like be fucking screaming on air if that happened um but <laughs> same like let's be real here but i i think this is definitely like an introduction of volatility to tech stocks that's not supposed to be there and that's bad if you're a hedge fund or you have serious money in the stock market which the top 10% of the country does and let's be clear about that even though that top 10% is weighted heavily towards you know the top end that still means a lot of other people that make up you know the small business class the gentry the like you know local like car dealer level of people who might potentially be in up to their necks in some cases like this is like this is where it starts to become a problem for capitalism yeah
0: and like let's not forget that like a lot of pensions rely on the stock market in order to be able to fund those very pensions
1: oh yeah like that's something that the U S has to an extent that is beyond other countries. And to a degree that, you know, that has, there are folks who have expressed concern about that before. So this isn't like a new critique. Like we're not being original for pointing out something that a lot of folks have been worrying about for a while, but it is, like that's part of what's at stake here is there's a lot of money a lot of fixed incomes and a lot of stuff for people below the fucking oligarch level that's going to disappear and that is part of what that's like part of the spending that keeps this like bloated carcass of an economy moving
0: so like uh- Speaking and... of the bloated, <laughs> the bloated, uh, the bloated corpse that is our economy, um, and what's been ha- what's been happening to it, uh you know what has been happening with central banks lately? Have they been making any major decisions?
1: Yeah, that that be that quantitative easing you brought up at the beginning. That, yeah. So everybody. For the brief crash course quantitative easing was the thing that obama well actually originally bush but then obama started doing back in 2008 when wall street like epically shot the bed and lit it on fire the last time and the whole point of quantitative easing was to give the banks extremely cheap like basically close to zero percent interest loans So that they would theoretically use it to stimulate, you know, investing and economic activity and all that shit that, you know, the companies in question all pinky swore would happen. And, you know, didn't because then most of this money got, you know, thrown into stock buybacks and all that other bullshit. Um, Fast forward to now and we're talking like trillions of dollars was already sloshing around because of this. But, you know... Quantitative easing yearly under Trump and Obama was around like $500 billion of bullshit money a year. Then, you know, when COVID kicked off, the Fed cranked the number all the way up to 9 fucking trillion. dollars.
0: Oh, fucking God.
1: Trillion with a T. With a T. That's like enough money that if you stacked it as $100 bills, you could probably make it to the moon and back.
0: Yeah, we, we could have used that we could have used that money to build a tower to the moon. We could have just made this entire space program out of that money. Both metaphorically and literally.
1: <sighs> hmm Yeah, so that's what but the thing about quantitative easing is that's basically what's kept this economy kinda sorta working ish vaguely as long as you don't look too hard at it
0: yeah if you start looking at it more easily uh, you start to notice that there's a lot of these zombies or you know in the various corporations
1: and you know if you google the term zombie firm you're gonna get thousands of hits like this is not some kind of like us being cranks on the internet shit this is like a thing that's well out there in the business press of like firms that are just basically exist to inflate people's stock portfolios and have no basis for pretending to be anything other than like a bunch of bad debts wrapped up in a trench coat yep so you know that's been a thing that's partially because of quantitative easing and now as of february 4th according to reuters The Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and uh, the Bank of England are all going to end quantitative easing, beginning which in the headline is the largest period of quantitative tightening in history.
0: Not just, you know, you know, in like there's the Reuters
1: headline. Not
0: in twenty years. The Reuters headline. Not in thirty years in history.
1: Yeah, this is Reuters. We're not putting words in their mouth. This is literally how they talk about it.
0: Like I remember in an earlier episode, like we talked about, like oh, you know, if they just uh, create, if they tighten the rates up just a little bit, it'd have a dramatic effect. But no, they decided just to go full on. uh, Let's make this like as tight as possible, like historically.
1: Yeah, and this is like. I mean, it's not anywhere near a Volcker shock level. Like, let's you know, to be clear on that, like, the Volcker shock saw interest rates hiked up from like around like seven or eight percent to somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty percent at the height of the Volcker shock. Like, like, it's important to point that out because you know, there's folks that have been comparing this to the Volcker shock, particularly you know, Chapo you know, among many others. But this really, like, this, the Volcker shock was way more severe than what, like, these guys are talking about moving up the rate by, like, 0.25% and shit like that. They're not talking, like, utterly breaking the global monetary system like Volcker did back in 79. So, like, it has to be emphasized. This is nothing like what had happened before. And the fact that it still is, like, pretty minuscule and not being received well in all the trade press says it all. Like, this is not some absolute, like, Paul Volcker is blowing up the values of debt and utterly breaking the way the global economy's worked for the last 7 years. The issue is that this is there's just like, not
0: slack in the economy the way there used to be.
1: Yeah. Like like the scale of how small like these hikes are, at least as they're being proposed, really like has to be kept in mind here that this is not And, like, nobody's proposing even single-digit increases in interest rates. And that's enough to be, like, seriously spooking investors. And this, by the way, is within the past four days. So this is after Meta ate shit. After a month of Standard & Poor's bleeding out and after a pretty lackluster holiday retail season so you know when it rains let's keep that in mind it pours <laughs> yup and you know let's you know it's important to point that out cuz and we got to remember that that this shit is not some kind of like plot by the capitalists or what have you to reenact Paul Volcker the way that, you know, some folks are pitching. This is like the central banks, like you mentioned earlier, Harley, like picking as far as they can tell, what is the least bad option? Cause let's be real, like this quantitative tightening and the way that this is like freaking the fuck out of investors is not a good option. Especially in this economy. That has become so dependent on bullshit money over the last decade. And change.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's helped create this everything bubble that we're in right now.
1: Yeah. Like, this is so important. like has to be emphasized as much as possible that this is not a choice that under ideal circumstances these fuckers would be even considering i mean if they were they would have already done it like let's be clear if the whole point of like taking out inflation with rate hikes was the point they would have already been doing this months ago like we know from past experience when it comes to fighting inflation the fed can and will move aggressively when able and right now you know not there I mean, shit, they said it back in September 2020. So a doc. It's (laughs) definitely.
0: Why does all this shit matter?
1: Because short version choking out the flow of cheap credit means all these zombie firms are now going to be in trouble. Anyone who has debt in a zombie firm or holdings in a zombie firm. Are going to be starting to reevaluate their position. Like this is not good.
0: Yeah, like I would not be shocked if there are like firms that people have considered financially stable before and you know good investing choice or whatever. Whatever, I would not be surprised if there's at least one of them that has enough like zombie firm deaths that they've gotten that
1: will bring them down and you know this is to go back to you know as you're referring to the tech crash back in like 2000 that was also a big factor there was there were lots of tech companies that basically were a concept on the back of a napkin that had received billions of dollars which you know Not quite the same thing as zombie firms, but in these circumstances, you know, potato, potato,
0: zombie firm, pet.com,
1: you know, is there really a significant difference other than that? It's going to be across the whole economy and multiple sectors that already are kind of in trouble. Oh, wait, actually, that's way worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's definitely way worse. Yeah. So I mean, like, if we were to, uh, you know, figure out uh what this looks like, uh, how you know how is this going to affect the markets as a whole, and you know what thesis are we uh, proposing here exactly? What is our, what is our crash prediction? As you've brought up before.
1: Well, at this point. I'm feeling confident in saying that this pods Q1 2022 crash is pretty much guaranteed. We've got 50 some odd days left in the quarter and the markets are starting to melt down. When the markets go, that means the banks and everybody else is going to run. They're going to like push for the door and they're not going to care who gets in the way. Like, you know, punting the fucking puppies and babies as they go. So, you know, as that happens, that means companies that have been kept afloat on bullshit money are going to eat shit and die. It means credit is going to dry up. Lending for anything is going to be contracting in an economy that basically depends entirely on debt at this point like this is going to be taking out like the one thing that was letting joe biden and everybody else pretend that the economy is recovering
0: yeah we're we're entering into a shit storm and uh it's happening in 2022 of all years and this sort of economic chaos has uh, never been good to the party in power
1: yeah i mean really this is going to be breaking everything like any kind of veneer of stability is going to go out the window like meanwhile we've got china now like extending belt and road all the way to argentina and you know not being like dengue here or anything but functional state not functional state <laughs> functional economy not functional economy on the basic level of able to do things with a deliberate intent and predictable outcomes
0: our own state doing things. Uh, yeah, I know. It, do- it doesn't do things. It can't even get, like, an infrastructure bill passed that, like, 10, 20 years ago would have been very, very easy to do.
1: hmm This is... <sighs> it... Like... This is gonna be the beginning of a really ugly crash.
0: Yeah, you know, our our economy is building down to not better, but worse. Building down worse.
1: Mm-hmm. This recovery is done. Uh, the crash is resuming hold on tight do mutual aid
0: now get involved in uh, your local leftist organizing chapters um union unionize rank and file make sure it's a uh, connected to uh, you know building the socialist project and
1: on oh, strike. Oh. You know, strikes are hot. Like, strikes are always hot. <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, this is Chop Shop Economics. Reread the shit so you don't have to. This is Harley signing off.
1: Alrighty. And this is Doc Spider. Good luck, everybody. See you on the other side.